Welcome to Larpender Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. I would never, ever do that today. I would tell my kids never to, ever to do that today. <laughs> they brought in like 50 or more vendors and I was the only woman. What are we going to do? How am I going to expense this? A whole car being lost? This is episode 17, and my guest today is Betty Jo Wilson. Betty Jo is from North Dakota, so you can insert your favorite North Dakotan joke right here. If you missed any of the previous episodes, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here's my discussion with Betty Jo. Hello and welcome to LARP Under Life. My guest today is Betty Jo Wilson. Betty Jo, I think I've got your name right. Betty Jo, right? Uh, <laughs> we only <laughs> we only work together just about every day for many, many years, but people seem to butcher your names, which I'll talk about, I'm sure we'll we'll cover. But welcome to Larpender Life. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Before we start, Dave, I have a few jokes about retired people because you and I both retired on the same day, but none of them work. But none of but none of them work. But none of them work. Ah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that will probably end up on the editing room floor. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Joe, I know you started not in St. Paul with HP. You started with HP out on the East Coast. Do you want to tell me a little bit about getting hired? Yeah, I was uh, out of grad school and I was uh, um, they flew me out to Andover, Massachusetts, and uh, there's no airport in Andover. So the closest airport is Boston, Massachusetts. And when I arrived, I and I was in the car rental line, I discovered my driver's license had expired. So I couldn't rent a car. And no, and there, we got in super late and Uber wasn't around yet or Lyft. And so there was no taxis and there was no way to get up to Andover, Massachusetts, which is 30 miles just straight north, kind of on the New Hampshire border. So I ended up befriending a person in the car rental line, and they gave me a ride up to Andover, Mass. I would never, ever do that today. I would tell my kids never to ever to do that today, but I did back in the early 80s, early, late 80s, that's what we did. And so then I, uh, when I got there, um, I had to call my hiring boss in the morning to say I wasn't driving to and or to the place I was at the hotel. So I called him like super early. Uh, so I didn't want to, didn't want them to think how late I was. And I didn't want to really tell him why I couldn't rent the car. I just said that there was some car issues and my hiring manager uh, wasn't there. So I ended up talking to uh, one of my peers and he was like, he thought I was Jerry Corbin's wife. And he kept calling me Jane. And he kept going, because I said, you know, could you tell Jerry, can you pick me up? And he, and he goes, oh, yeah, Jane. Yeah, no problem. He can pick you up. And I went, well, do, do you think, do you know where I'm at? Oh, yeah, Jane, I know he knows you're at the dentist. And I'm like, no, I'm not at the dentist. I'm at this 
hotel room. <laughs> so he finally <laughs> understood that it was not Jane. I was the uh, Betty Joe, and so we ended up uh, working our way over to the, you know, so the hiring manager did pick me up and brought me over there. And and when I met Ed, he he, he was just red in the face. <laughs> so that was the start of being called something other than Betty Joe. You know, I've been called Mary Lou. Yeah, it started before you even got hired by HB. People were calling you by the wrong name. Yeah, that's right, Jane. I had never been called Jane before. Yeah, you, you've you've had people call you all kinds of things. It, a lot of times they'll get two names. They'll, you know, sometimes it's just Betty, but sometimes it's two names, Mary Lou or... Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's right. Well, and Raleigh Matson's probably the best example of that. He wanted to introduce me to uh, General Mills, Mike Mines, the director out there. And I said, Raleigh, I already know Mike. You don't need to introduce me to him. And they're like, no, I need to do this. This is my job. I, I'm going to do that. So he sat in the lobby and he practiced. It's Betty Joe, not Mary Joe. It's Betty Joe, not Mary Joe. Because he knew Mary Joe Bettner, Lamar's wife, first. So that always popped into his head first. And he he must he just practiced. And then Mike Mines walks out and Raleigh goes, I want to introduce you to Mary Jo Wilson. So he totally messed it up, right? Right, right then. And, and Mike Mines just fell over laughing. He goes, Raleigh, this is Betty Jo, not Mary Jo. So <laughs> clearly I didn't need to be introduced to Mike Mines. <laughs> you know, I actually heard you called Butter Joe one time. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that conference call. <laughs> the, the one and only time I heard you called butter. Uh, I can't remember the customer, <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of a verbal, a verbal typo, but. Uh, and it cracked me up because they'd always call you David and me Betty. <laughs> so that they right. formalized your name, but they uh, cut, you know, they uh, made my name a little bit shorter. So in the early nineties, I know you, you moved back to St. Paul. Um, so tell me about who, and, and you moved in the role of an SE first. I know a lot of people know you as a sales rep, but first you were an SE for, for several years. So who were some of your early technical influences in the office in those days? Yeah. And, and I kind of have a nice HP way story of how I ended up moving to St. Paul. I actually did interview out. I, Wade and I wanted to raise our family in, in the Minneapolis area and so it was in the early 90s when people were, the HP went through their first layoffs, so there was no openings. So I had to actually look outside of the company. And on the day that the um, other company was going to move us, uh, they ended up rescinding the offer for a similar reason. Um, so the HP folks out of, in Andover, Mass said, oh, I don't remember you leaving the company. Uh, you know, I, I just remember you wanted to move to St. Paul. So voila, you can live in, you can live in St. Paul and work for us until HP gets through this and then they can hire you. And so it was just, you know, back then we didn't do remote work, but they had me doing remote work until something opened up. And then I went into the uh, SE organization working for Bruce Gustafson. And Bruce was... <laughs> Gus, we always called him Gus, right? And he was just a, just a sweetheart. Uh, but he really felt like I needed to learn how to 
build a workstation, an Apollo 300, into upgraded into an Apollo 400. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a CE. I'm going to be an SA, right? He goes, nope. Everybody needs to work with their hands. They need to understand this from the inside and out. But I'll give you a couple of lifelines. And so he said, John Nelson, sitting right next to you. He's an engineer. He's from North Dakota, too. He went to UND, not NDSU, but, you know, you can still talk to him. And he uh, he can help you out. And so, but John was going out to customer calls all the time. So, you know, when I ever, when I asked him, I go, all right, I'm stuck, John. What do I do here? And then he'd, he'd come over and he'd look at it and go, oh, the engineering that went into this is amazing. And he'd start out every conversation that way. <laughs> he just was an <laughs> engineer at heart. It was so sweet. And then he'd help me out. But then if he was out on a sales call, then I'd go, Gus, who, who's my new lifeline? And he'd go, Joe. And I, I, we used to call him Smoking Joe. You know, he was, you know, his hands were always going and he was talking away. And he'd come over and he'd go, okay, what do you need me to do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm stuck here. I need this piece to go to that piece. No problem. And he'd start doing it for me. I'm like, no, 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 I have to do this. <laughs> so, so then he'd end up, uh, you know, he'd help me out. And then Kelly Dewar and all, pretty much all the CEOs somehow got involved. Greg Fields and, and Glenn Claver, you know, since I guess I needed a lot of help. <laughs> so that was the first thing that Gus had me do. And then the second thing is he had Clara and I uh, working in the, was it HP 3000s, I think? Right. And you, you mean Clara Welch, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were part of the... Yeah, you were doing a lot of that admin stuff. But, you know, since Claire and I were the junior people, we had to take over. And so I was like, okay, Dave, then tell me what the root password is so I could start doing some administrative things. And he said, well, it's Layla. And I'm like, what a stupid name. I mean, how do you spell that? And you're like, what? You don't know who Layla is? I can't believe that. <laughs> so, so you went home and you made little clips on a little cassette tape of um, uh, of music that I had to figure out what the names of those songs were. And you, just like us, gave me some lifelines. <laughs> and Kevin DeMay was one of them. Um, and and uh, and uh, there's a I think Brian or somebody from Hawaii was my other one. And of course I'm like, yeah, right. It's 20, 20 songs. I'm not going to get around to this, you know, and I put it on the shelf. And then all of a sudden I was out at a training session. I was like, Oh, he gave Dave, give me a deadline. And that deadline's right now. And I was like, Oh, I have to figure this out. So I called Kevin, who's also, um, he, he had, he, he was, he was traveling as well, but not traveling with me. And so he said, just leave them on the voicemail. And then I'll listen to them and I'll tell you the answers. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you, and you remember the voicemails weren't very long and you had 20 songs, right? So I'd you know, do like four songs at a time and I'd leave the voicemail. Then I'd go have four more songs, I'd leave the voicemail. And then Kevin, Kevin would reply going, this is really fun. Let's have Dave do another thing like that. <laughs> so, so that's how I learned all about Eric Clapton. <laughs> well, I guess... Uh... That does sound like me that, that I would make you do. <laughs> this is your HP 3000 test. You need to learn Eric Clapton songs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I would know the root passwords. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know Jolene would appreciate that, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jill would. She sure would. 
Well, let's see how well you you uh, retain that information, Betty Jo. Can you can you name one band that Eric Clapton was in ever? <laughs> I know I, I did not retain that information very well. <laughs> I was so. <laughs> I guess you're going to have to unretire and you know go back and study a little more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, once you got all that technical assistance, so to speak. <laughs> uh, what sales reps did you end up working the most with in your time as a as an SE? Oh yeah, so Dave Polly was one of the guys that I worked with out on the Carlson counts. And if you remember Dave Polly, he he like analyzed things to death, and that included when we went out for business lunches. He would analyze the entire menu, and it would take him forever. And it took it took me a long time to figure out that. I, I had to do the business meeting at the beginning while he was analyzing what to order because the customer and I were just kind of sitting there doing small talk. And then you ran out of time um, after you ordered and then you ate and then they had to go. <laughs> so, but, you know, and it was like, wouldn't you know, and we usually went to like the same place. So you think, why does he have to analyze the whole menu every time? But it took him <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes to analyze that. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Mike O'Brien was the other one I worked a lot with, and we we ended up, um, well, yeah, we we went down to train, so we had a lot of conversations in the car, heading down to train. And actually, when I moved into sales, I took over his territory, so we, uh, he was kind of instrumental in helping me out on the sales side. So he let me do way more than a solutions that analyst would or SE would ever do. And, and so I, by the time he was retiring, I was taking over a lot of what he was doing. And so then he was kind of, he was kind of complaining about that going, oh, geez, all I, all I can do is I got to do the copies or I got to set up the golf outings. I'm a damn secretary. And it was like, oh, that's a great idea. It's secretary's week. So I'd go out and I'd get flowers for him. <laughs> Treat him like a secretary. <laughs> and then he'd, then I'd, uh, and then he started calling me, his wife's name was Millie. And, you know, because I'd be like, Mike, you can't eat those, eat more vegetables. You can't have that much meat, you know, or Mike, you know, you can't have that donut while we're out here. It's like, Millie, Millie, I, I, is she around? Oh, it's you, Betty Jo. <laughs> so I got called Millie a lot. That's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting because you were, I don't know what age that time, but you were a young woman uh, at that time. And you worked with sales reps of all ages, younger and older. And how did you find it back in the 80s being a female? I mean, HP was a pretty, I think, a pretty progressive company when it came to programs and uh, a culture for for women. But I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. HP was very instrumental. In fact, Luke Platt, uh, the, one of our CEOs, he came out of medical and his wife died of cancer when his kids were really young. So he understood what it was like to raise a family and, you know, and work and kind of what women normally do is the juggling act. He totally understood that. So a lot of the programs that he, he implemented was because he understood exactly what we were going through. So yeah, it was, uh, I, I would say, yes, HP was extremely progressive uh, on all the women things. Yeah, there was uh, there was very few women in sales 
and uh, like uh, with Mike O'Brien, we ended up in a lot of manufacturing accounts. And one of them was Anderson Windows. And I had very few women actually even worked at Anderson Windows. And I remember being in this room where we were doing a RFP response where they brought in like 50 or more vendors. And I was the only woman. And we're sitting in there and the IT director gets up and says, you know, here's the agenda that we're going to be going through. And we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, just the, you know, when, when you need to respond, how you need to respond, all that kind of stuff. And But before we do that, I want to make sure everybody knows the logistics, like coffee and rolls are in the back of the room. The bathroom uh, is up and to the right. Oh, except for you, Betty Jo. The women's bathroom, you'd have to go through the boiler room, down the hall, and it's on your left. <laughs> so, so I got called out <laughs> and then I had to take like a half a mile hike to get to it. <laughs> you know, one of the, the fun things about our job uh, being customer facing people is that we get to go and visit a lot of customer uh, customer sites and see what they're like. And I've always thought that customers, some customers, the company culture is very conservative or it's very liberal or progressive, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. But with HP, I kind of felt like we had an interesting mix because the the business financial um, culture, I thought, was pretty conservative. So HP didn't borrow a lot of money uh, to, to for its business operations. You know, the company didn't run up a lot of debt. The company was pretty conservative about bringing products to market and also supported them for a very long time which you know customers like but maybe hurt our profitability a little bit. And so in that way it was conservative, but on the other hand when you look at employee programs, profit sharing and um, programs associated with maternity leave and all those kinds of things, I was a very progressive company and did a lot of things way before even the the, the casual culture and the calling people Bill and Dave. Um, you know, that was very very liberal and progressive really interesting. And even the healthcare, we had so many options when it came to healthcare. And I, I remember you, Dave, you, because we always went to you to ask, okay, what's your spreadsheet on the healthcare stuff? And <laughs> so you did a seminar for, because too many people were asking you, went, okay, okay, I'm just going to set up a conference. So you said, you did a seminar for us. And, and you had like, for instance, I had a lot of my kids were really young and I wasn't very good at, oh, let's go at scheduling. So I used urgent care constantly. So you called that out as, you know, if you're the kind of person that uses urgent care quite a bit, this is the Betty Joe plan. <laughs> and then Lamar Bettner was like, in the hospital, right and left, you know, he seemed to like stub his toe or break his hand or, you know, do something like that. So then you're like, and then if you use the hospital quite a bit, here's the Lamar Bettner plant. <laughs> and I think you ended up having to put a disclaimer in there too. Like this is not authorized from the HP uh, personal environment. <laughs> yeah. I got my hand slapped pretty hard for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> So eventually you moved to sales. So tell me about how that happened and, you know, how did it work out? Oh, I had, uh, I reported to a manager in Chicago and Chicago people didn't really think of Minnesota as a, a state or, or our customers were, 
very different, you know, they, and this particular manager used to always come and say, oh, but this is how we do it in Chicago, or this is what's been working in Chicago, and Chicago this and Chicago that, and I was, and I had a one-on-one with this manager, and I was in the conference room right next to Ron Enru's office, and I had just heard one too many, Chicago does it this way, Chicago's better than Minnesota because we do it this way, and I just I just like okay no I I'm 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 done here you know no our our Minnesota customers um, need to be called on by many Minnesota people you know our culture is a little bit different than Chicago and and we want we know what we're doing and and I, I must have said and another thing a lot of times because I was like and another thing and another thing and another thing. And so I came walking out of the conference room when we're done and Ron Enderth was standing there with his arms, uh, you know, folded. And he went, I want you in sales. <laughs> so I kept saying that another thing. And you, you sit down there and I'm going to tell you what's going on in Minnesota. We know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Joe, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about working with you and I, you know, I mean this in the the most positive way I that I can is that you are an easy laugher, and what yeah. I mean by that is you have a great sense of humor. You see the humor in everything, even in difficult times. Um, you laugh a lot. Um, it's a really great quality, and I think it's probably why people just are naturally drawn to you. Do you do you recognize that in yourself, and do you? think that that was something that you were able to use to your advantage in in sales? I do think that I can use it to my advantage because if you bring in laughter, it seems to help out even a very stressful situation. And and so, yes, I I actually try to, I try to use that effectively. In fact, this is in the categories of dumb things I've done with Danny Kelly. We were both on the Wells Fargo account and we flew out to uh Baltimore and we were just meeting with some people uh, one of the Wells Fargo accounts for the first time in a new division we had never seen before and we got in super late and it was in Baltimore so the so the hotel didn't have you know you had to use valet you couldn't there was no on-street parking or anything like that and I always rented the car and I made Denny drive the car because I was like, you're driving, Danny. I'm not going to be driving, but I'll rent the car. So we get there. We get there super late. We're super tired. And we throw the keys to the, the guy uh, at the car or, you know, at the valet. We come down the next morning and we go, yeah, we'd like our car. And they go, what car? <laughs> we went, what do you mean? What car? We gave it to you when we got here. And they said, uh, no, we have no record of you, you guys having a car rental. Oh no! Yes, yeah, so I had to call. I had to call the customer and tell him like we aren't going to be there for the opening meeting, you know, and that we're going to be a little delayed, and, you know, and that, and it was due to you know the car rental, and I had to kind of make light of it and make it sound like you know we had a problem with the car rental versus. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? How, how am I going to expense this? A whole car being lost. Well, it turns out that the, you know, and the customer was really cool about it, you know, since I had made it, made light of the whole situation and he ended up just kind of moving the, moving the meeting back by a little bit. And then it turns out that there was a valet guy there. He had, it was late, so he was tired and he 
And when he parked the car, he didn't put it on the valet level. Uh, he ended up putting it up on like level six instead of level five. So that's why they couldn't find the car. <laughs> oh my God. And you're still laughing about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Things like that just seem to happen to you, Betty Jo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's like, oh, how's this going up? And we also talked about people calling you by the wrong name, but you know, that's sort of a verbal typo, but you're pretty famous for autocorrect. Um, do you remember at trying to ask me for the configs that you wanted to give to General Mills? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. You, I do remember. You tell us what you actually said to me in a text message. I don't, I don't, yeah, I just, I just remember it was a really bad. Betty Joe, you actually sent me a text that says, Dave, would you please send me the condoms for General Mills? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had to look at it a few times to figure out uh, what is what are you actually trying to do here? <laughs> what are you actually kind of trying to say? <laughs> so, Betty Joe, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been a ball talking to you as it always is. Um, before I let you go, can you tell me uh, where you're located these days and what you're kind of up to? I know you're retired, but uh, tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah. So I'm in, back in Fargo, North Dakota. So that was one of the reasons I, when I left HP, I was going to always transfer to transfer here to North Dakota. And I never did until I came back to HP and they transferred me here. But yeah, so my my mother is 92 and my mother-in-law is 93. And both my husband and I are the youngest of both families. And the older siblings are getting a little bit tired and said, hey, I need you to help. So yes, I'm I'm back in Fargo and helping out my my mom and my mother-in-law. And then my daughter is getting married. So I'm help, uh, helping her out. And then she moved to Colorado. And uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of traveling for leisure, I guess. Uh, a, a bit of a work trips like to go to Colorado or, or help my niece move down to G Georgia or go down to Florida. I help my brother and sister-in-law. So all of a sudden I'm able to do things that you know kind of give back that and that's what i've been up to well that's great and it sounds like you know i know we had a little bit of difficulty just getting finding a time when <laughs> we could get together and i'm like are we both retired um we could be able to clear our schedules enough to do this but i know you're helping a lot of people uh in your family now and um i'm looking forward to the time when we can actually get together in person not just on zoom and have a beer or something and catch up some more. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Thanks for listening. Larpenter Life is produced solely by me, Dave Carey. It's not affiliated or sponsored by HB in any way. Please let me know what you think of Larpenter Life. You can reach me at larpenterlife at gmail.com. And remember, I'd really love to have you as a guest. It's not difficult, I promise. Until next time, take care, everybody. <laughs>